Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We are so blessed that you are joining us, and we are back today for the conclusion of a truly interesting and informative interview with Dr. Gary Lawrence, or Dr. G, as he's known by. Dr. G is a freedom coach, a certified life coach, and the author of a fabulous book titled Rejection Junkies. If you missed any of our prior episode, you need to go back and catch up. Dr. G laid it all on the line, folks, and was explaining things that I know I hadn't heard before, and our listeners yesterday were truly blessed. Now, you'll be blessed too after listening to today's episode, but for a double blessing, go back and listen to the prior episode and this episode. Amen. Glory to God. Don't get me excited. I'm just liable to start preaching this stuff. Amen. All right, let's jump back into the conclusion of this interview now with Dr. G. I know in your book, Rejection Junkie, you discuss emotional surgery. Is that what you're talking about here? Yeah. Well, that's part of it, okay? Uh, When I say emotional surgery, uh, I believe that man is a trichotomy. Uh, God made us in his image. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, okay? So man's a tri-unity. We are a body, a soul, and a spirit. Well, on the spirit side, if we've accepted Jesus Christ, we are perfect in Christ. We are complete in Christ. So we don't have spiritual problems. What we have is mental and emotional conflict in the soul. The soul is the residence of our mind. That's what we know to be true. Uh, The soul is the residence of our emotions. That's what we feel to be true. Uh, The soul is the residence of our will. That's our ability to respond to life's circumstances. Now, here's an example. I know God loves me, but I don't feel like God loves me. I know I'm a good husband. I don't feel like I'm a good husband. I know I can do it, but I don't feel like I can do it. Well, when what you know and how you feel collide, it damages your ability to respond to life's circumstances. So instead of having peace and joy and and love and, and, and patience, you live a life of anxiety, fear, insecurity, Uh, feelings of uh, inadequacy, sexual conflict, and so on and so on. So what I do when someone comes to me for coaching, I help them identify the underlying problem. And then I help them isolate. I don't treat symptoms. And then I position them to eliminate the underlying problem through what I call the emotional surgery. Mm -hmm. Now, that emotional surgery is, well, it's kind of hard to describe uh, on the air, it's kind of like getting a haircut over the telephone, okay? <laughs> uh, and it's, it's quite uh, elaborate. But I literally position my clients to, for once and all in their life, to eliminate the underlying conflict in their mind and their emotions by teaching spiritual truth from the Word of God Yeah. in, in a practical way. I don't tell them, just pray about it. I don't tell them, get right with God. 
if they're saved, they're already right with God. They just don't act like it. Yeah. Okay. Amen. 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 So I know, you know, you've been talking about the triune spirit, spirit, soul, and body. Right. We we know that our man, spirit man, is born again, forgiven, etc. We know we need to keep our bodies under subjection. Right. But you're saying that the soul of man, our mind, our will, and our emotions is the source of our problems, right? 100%, Bob. how explain? I, I'm guessing that's where you got the term rejection junkie from. Well, that's a term that I, I gave it. Uh, I was unconsciously addicted to recreating rejection from my childhood. Okay. Every human being has that same addiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. And when I began to understand that rejection patterns are addictive, uh, they're just like any kind of a drug or alcohol. You unconsciously become addicted to it, thinking you know what you're doing, but you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it just seems like that as you go through different phases of your adulthood, those rejection patterns become more um, uh, implicated in your life and applied in all your relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so uh, uh, many times you see people in church, they're always getting right with God, they're always yeah. reconfessing sins. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they walk that aisle so many times to wear the carpet out. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that they are complete in Christ. God has forgiven them of all their sin. Mm-hmm. They don't need to keep dragging up the sins. God's already aware of it, okay? Yeah. That's why he gave his son to die for us. Okay, we're complete in Christ. There's nothing that can be added. But because of the emotional rejection patterns of that childhood, they will continue to reinforce uh, their insecurities and their inferiorities in all their relationships. Yeah. Amen. Okay? I, I, you know, I say it like this, Bob. The reason most Christians have a poor self-image is because they believe what other people say about them. Mm. They're always trying to tap dance on the tabletop of other people's lives to gain acceptance when they've been 100% accepted by the Lord. Amen. Yeah, that's so true. That's so yeah. true. So the rejection junkie is symptomatic then of seeking rejection because oh, that's absolutely. what we're used to. That's what we're used to. That's what you're accustomed to. Right, wow. exactly. Wow. wow. Yeah. And, so and, and oh, go ahead. Well, you go ahead, Bob. Oh, I was going to say, so that's what you're relating to, the generational pass down. Yes. We've been rejected, so we continue to seek rejection. And that's all you know. Now stop and think yeah. about. Yeah. By the yeah. time you're eight years old, eighty percent of your emotional patterns are formed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I remember my dad saying, "You're never going to mount anything." Well, guess what? I grew up believing yeah. I'm never going to mount anything. Amen. And after I got saved <laughs> and I surrendered to the ministry, it was an interesting Sunday. My dad happened to be in that church. He came to visit my sister and her husband. And that was the morning I surrendered to the ministry. And he came by and he literally said, well, I hope this works out for you. Nothing else has. Mm. See, he's just reinforcing again. I'll never amount to anything. But there was a major difference. My heavenly father knew more than my earthly father. Okay. Mm. Yeah. My heavenly father had plans for me that my earthly father knew nothing of. Yeah. Okay. And so because of the Holy Spirit being complete in my spirit, Okay, I was able to start focusing on learning how to get free mentally and emotionally. 
Uh, here's a statement. Now, this is hard to accept for a lot of people, but I would say probably 85 to 95 percent of all born again believers live in mental and emotional bondage. Oh, yeah. And they continue to recycle and recreate the rejection patterns of their early childhood. Yeah. Amen. Okay? No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. That's so true. You know, I know you state in your book that most men have really never learned to love their wife like Christ loved the church. Can you share why that is? Well, I sure can. Um, for, and I'll use myself as an example. My dad never taught me how to love a wife. My father never sat down and taught me how to cherish a wife. And the scripture says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved their church and gave himself uh, for it, gave himself for it. Well, I never understood what the needs of a wife was. And well, a wife has emotional needs. She has mental needs. She has spiritual needs. She has sexual needs. She has financial needs. Well, no one ever taught me how to be sensitive in those areas in loving a wife. And now the truth is no man can love a wife until he has a healthy self-image himself. A man's ability to love his wife is the overflow of his own self-esteem. If you don't have a healthy, grateful self-esteem of who you are and how God made you, you will never be able to love a wife unconditionally. Yeah. And so what turned my marriage around is when I stopped focusing on my wife's weaknesses and began to deal with my own rejection. Mm. And once I got free mentally and emotionally from the bitterness that I had in my heart towards situations in my childhood, and boy, I had a lot of them, and most people do. Mm -hmm. okay? yeah. Well, then I was free to start looking at my relationship with a clear lens and accept my wife unconditionally. Yeah. I no longer had to be the parent. She no longer had to be the child. And so uh, stop thinking, Bob, did your dad ever teach you how to love a wife? No, he's married four times. <laughs> well, see, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know very many men. Yeah. Now, uh, I I was able to break that uh, generational pass down because so, uh, I set certain goals. For, I've got two boys. One of them is 55. The other one's 52. And I had goals for them by the time they were a senior in high school. Yeah. Goal number one is I wanted them to learn how to stand alone. Now, what do I mean by that? Learn how to make decisions on their own without depending on their peers. Okay. Number two, I want them to learn how to be financially free. Maybe not 100% debt free, but learn how to control money instead of letting money control them. Yeah. And my, my third goal is I want them to learn how to love a wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Yeah. And I figured if I could accomplish those three things by the time they're a senior in high school, I've accomplished something yeah. in uh, giving them good direction. Amen. Amen. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So uh, you stop and think about what goes on in most marriages. Most men, and, and I don't say this in a condemning negative manner, my heart goes out to them. Most men just simply don't know how to cherish their wife. Yeah. And in my book, Rejection Junkies, they will learn why that has happened to them, and they will learn how they can break that, that cycle. Amen. Can you share the purpose and the meaning between discipline and punishment? when it comes to building a child's self-image? Oh, that is a great question. Well, discipline is something you do for a child. Punishment is something you do to a child. 
Okay. Uh, for an example, I was never disciplined when I was a kid. I was punished. My father always got mad at me, yelled at me, screamed at me, so on. Okay. Now, as I broke that generational pass down, I taught my sons how to limit themselves. Discipline teaches a child how to limit themselves. Okay. Discipline is something you do for a child. Punishment is something you do to a child. Because I was able to break that generational pass down, then I was able to teach my sons how to limit themselves. Now, now let me give you an example. Uh, my older son, when he was um, uh, just ending the, the, his 11th grade in high school and starting that, that summer before he was a 12th grader, he worked at Walmart in Albuquerque. And uh, there was a young lady that were very attracted to him. She was 22 years old. She was married and she had a son. And the boy was about three years old. And so Dwayne came to me to seek my counsel. He said, Dad, she wants to go out on a date with me and take me out for a steak dinner. Uh, do you think I should go? And I listened to him. I said, well, tell me what it is about her that you would even consider going uh, to a dinner with a married lady. He said, oh, Dad, she's just so nice. and She's fun to be with, and, you know, the typical teenage stuff. And I said, well, let me ask you a question, Dwayne. Uh, does her husband have a gun? And he said, well, I don't know. I never thought about that. Why? And I said, well, Dwayne, when a man dates another woman who is married, if her husband has a gun, that's a good way for him to get killed. <laughs> and uh, he said, oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> and I said, I'll tell you what, Dwayne. <laughs> I said, uh, I'm going to stand beside you with whatever decision you make. And if you want to go on a date with a married woman that has a three-year-old son and take the risk of getting shot to death, then please let me know because I want to start grieving ahead of time. <laughs> and he looked at me and said, Dad, are you serious? I said, yes. I don't want any surprises. If you're putting yourself in a position where you could end up getting killed, just let your mom and I know ahead of time so we can start praying and asking God to uh, help us release you. And see, I was willing to let him go and suffer, but I'm standing beside him. Mm -hmm. I didn't pull the typical Christian things. Oh, my God, no, don't go out with the married woman. Yeah, I gave him permission to make that decision. Yeah. See, and uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't three or four hours later. He came in and said, Dad, can I talk to you? I said, sure. And he just started crying. And uh, he said, I've decided I'm not going to go out with her, Dad, but she sure is a lot of fun. Well, see, he made that decision on his own. Yeah. Okay. Amen. And so I was willing to let him suffer, but I was willing to stand beside him while he suffered. Amen. And that's where he learned how to break to break this generational pass down. Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. And again, that takes us back to being a rejection junkie. I mean, right. he had to accept that he had to reject that temptation. Right. I, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, you've got to let your children suffer with their own mistakes. Yeah. You can't keep your children uh, from making mistakes. But what you can do is you can position yourself to be the person that God uses to give them the guidance. Wow. And, and you don't ever want to force guidance on children. You want to position them to seek that guidance from you. Amen. Uh, even right now at the age of 52, my younger son, Kevin, he just today, just this morning, we talked about a situation he has to handle. And so we went through it step by step. See, 
I don't get involved in their personal life unless they want to seek my counsel. And I think it's interesting. I don't care how old you are. It's interesting how valuable that that uh, uh, guidance becomes when it's offered to them, but not forced on them. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah. My my wife, my oldest is forty some years, forty five years old. Uh, the youngest is forty one, and uh, you know she's still like, call him up, tell him to come over. I said, why? Family meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Like, that's no, a good thing. <laughs> leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, you know, they're, I mean, they're, you know, they've got teenage kids. Well, the, the oldest one has, you know, we got a 25 year old grandson, you know? And uh, I said, yeah, I think they've pretty much got this stuff figured out. You know, you can offer yeah. advice, but you're not going to sit them down and say family meeting. This is the way it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's so good. Well, you know, I say it like this, Bob, age and wisdom don't always come together. Sadly, age usually comes by itself. <laughs> yeah, that's for okay. sure. Uh, you know, we live in a 55 plus community. We love the neighborhood, uh, but oh my gosh, our neighbors, they're so old and bitter and disenchanted <laughs> and disillusioned with life. Uh, they're so toxic. Uh, there's no joy in their life yeah. because here's the thing. Uh, the older you get, the more bitter you become, the more bitter you become, the more focused you become on the negative. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. That, that's true of everybody. Amen. Amen. So, you know, uh, when people, re I, I had a guy, he was a college professor here in, in Phoenix. Uh, he looked at my book at a bookstore and he sat down in the aisle and started reading it. And he got into the sixth or seventh chapter and just started sobbing. Mm. He said, Dr. G, it's, it's like you wrote that book just for me. Mm. Well, and the truth is I did write it just for him. Because I'll guarantee you, everybody listening to our conversation right now, Bob, will see themselves in my book, Rejection Junkies. Yeah. Because it is the book that literally reveals how everybody can get free from that hidden addiction. It's a hidden addiction. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Dr. G, this has been so interesting. How can someone order a copy of your book, Rejection Junkies? Is it on Amazon? Well, it's on Amazon. Yes, Rejection Junkies. Uh, they can go to my website, which is rejectionjunkies.com. And by the way, junkies is spelled J-U-N-K-I-E-S. And I say that because it's it's amazing how many people will spell it with a Y, believe it or not. So it's rejectionjunkies.com. There's a link at the top that says book. And they hit that link and they'll go right to Amazon. Amen. And uh, if they'd like to send me a message, talk with me. Uh, there's a link that says contact. They just send me a message. But here's something else that's exciting. Uh, on my home page in the lower uh, right-hand corner, there's a question that says, are you rejection junkie? Take the quiz and find out. It doesn't cost me anything to do that. And I will respond to them once they take that quiz and submit it. Amen. And so, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just so grateful for the thousands of people that God has used Sylvia and I to counsel out of their past. Amen. You know, Amen. So if uh, someone wanted to get in touch with you, they should go to the website. And yeah, go to my website, rejectionjunkies.com, and they can send me a message. Okay. I'll be glad to get back to them. And, and by the way, if, if 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 they when they do send me a message, if they include their phone number, I will call them back and 
spend anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes just getting acquainted with their situation. Amen. There's no charge for that. Amen. I'll put links all this in the show notes below. Amen. Folks, Dr. Gary Lawrence has been living this life, serving thousands of people and overcoming the generational pass down as we've been discussing and becoming helping them to become free from a lifetime of rejection, which has programmed us, all of us to be either survivors or escapers, as he's been sharing. In his book, Dr. Gary Lawrence provided you insight and wisdom and how to identify, isolate, and eliminate every emotional conflict in your life. Amen. Praise God. Drop down the show notes. Click the links right there. Dr. G, it has been an absolute blessing to have you on the program today. I do appreciate your time, and I'd love to have you come back on sometime and share more insights with us. Well, I'd love to, Bob. It's been my joy, my privilege to get acquainted with you and meet you and uh, you're such an uplifting spirit, and it's a, just a joy to be with you, my brother. Hey, Amen. I appreciate that. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Dr. Gary Lawrence and myself, this pastor by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do. Are you a Christian entrepreneur, coach, or author with a message that needs to be heard? Picture this, your voice reaching thousands, your story inspiring hearts, and your business flourishing like never before. Introducing Faithcasters, the ultimate platform that connects faith-driven professionals like you with the power of podcasting. Become a sought-after guest on Faith-Based Podcast. Share your unique insights and connect with like-minded individuals who share your passion for faith and entrepreneurship as well. Imagine your expertise reaching a wider audience, expanding your network, and propelling your business to new heights. Well, it's all within reach with Faithcasters. So don't wait. Take the first step today on your journey to greatness by visiting our website at faithcaster.org. That's faithcaster.org. Join the Faithcasters community now and unleash the full potential of your faith-driven enterprise. You do not want to miss this opportunity. Faithcasters, where faith meets podcasting and your dreams become reality. Visit faithcaster.org. Let's soar together. And remember, anyone can be a podcaster, but only a Christian can become a faithcaster. Faithcasters, your voice, your platform, your success.